right, I've got another wonderful interview coming up for you right now on the Janine Public Art Gallery Late Breakfast Show. But just to give you a wee bit of information before I play the interview, uh, four is an exhibit that is currently showing at the Janine Public Art Gallery. It's ending on the 18th of November. So you've still got a couple of weeks to go and have a look if you haven't already. Um, so since 2014, the DPAG has been running a biannual exhibition program which explores the aspects of contemporary art practice in Dunedin. Um, and so this exhibit, for and New Art from Dunedin, so the subtext, uh, takes a really focused look at new projects by Kim Peters, Aroha Novak and Charlotte Parallel, who have been on this show before, and there is a podcast of that interview on the R1 website, uh, and then Megan Brady, of course. So four spans on drawing, installation, sound, and new media as well, which gives a glimpse into the diversity of contemporary art which is being produced in this region specifically. So Megan Brady... Brady's work is titled A Quiet Corner Where We Can Talk and that's a title that was taken from a hypothetical conversation between composer John Cage and the founder of Furniture Music, which is background music, um, Eric Sati. And so Brady has produced... Brady, I said so formal, but you're about to hear us talk over a kitchen table, so that might not be uh, the best way. Megan, Megan. Uh, Megan has produced this bespoke hooked rug uh, and if you've been to that exhibit already, it might be quite surprising when you wander into the space and it's like, where's the art? But it's carpet on the ground, it's beneath your feet. Um, so she's created this rug that fills the entire gallery space with the aid of an electric hand tufting gun, which you'll hear about shortly. Uh, and she spent months crafting this carpet. It's really direct, laborious and physically demanding engagement with both the materials and the process that she was using. Um, but she's made a series of carefully considered decisions, which she'll talk a wee bit more about, but not as formally, not as formally as I am. Um, from designing that carpet pattern with a bird's eye view of the gallery's spatial layout to the custom-made elevator music soundscape that you probably have heard if you have gone in to experience that already and I hope that you have wonderful exhibit going on up there at the moment um, so there's this real sense of value and care about something that is seemingly banal and it's you know handmade one off a little bit imperfect as well but so much labor and time has gone in to that carpet um, and it's a, something really different and experimental for the Dunedin Public Art Gallery space so Megan came over to my house. This is the first and probably the last interview that I will ever conduct uh, in my home or maybe just in a Dunedin-based home. So this is in my flat on Princess Street, which I'm currently moving out of. There are boxes everywhere. She walks in. It's a bomb site in the house at the moment. Uh, we sat over the table, had a wee cup of tea, um, and it was, yeah, it's a really wonderful, relaxed space to have an artist interview, uh, which was really nice, a nice experience um, before the show ends for the year. Uh, so if you hear various things going on, that's just my flat, people living in it that are not just me. <laughs> All sorts of stuff going on in the background. That's what you get when it's a pre-record that's outside of the studio and I don't have professionals helping me out. I'm just doing the best with what I have. Uh, but without further ado, this is Megan Brady on her piece in the DPAG at the moment. Just okay. sitting across my kitchen table at the moment and we've been chatting for a long time before the interviews <laughs> actually started. She's also peeked at all the questions beforehand <laughs> which kind of ruins the magic but that's fine and I've asked her to tell us a brief history of her life as an artist. A brief gonna, history? Yeah, brief yeah. history. Go I can on. do that. Kia ora, listeners on a Saturday morning. Um, a brief history of my life as an artist so far. 
Um, I guess it's really started in Otipoti, Dunedin. Um, I moved down here five years ago um, to study at the Dunedin School of Art and following that, that was kind of where I leapt into sculpture and started making um, more conceptual work, more conceptual than, you know, a high school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> portfolio. But, um, yeah, and through art school there were a whole lot of different opportunities where I could explore, like, performance and painting and sculpture and all sorts of things. Um, but it was really getting to the end of my honours year last year and then getting asked to exhibit in the Dunedin Public Art Gallery Fantastic, following site. by the way. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so that's really my brief history. It's kind of happening now. It's yeah. just started, I it's think. It's very exciting. And that piece, um, A Quiet Corner Where We Can Talk, it's yeah. currently showing in the DPAG. When is that ending? It's ending quite soon. Really right? soon, on the 18th of November. Oh my gosh, only a little bit more just time Just around the corner. Have a look. <laughs> yeah. um, what has the reception been like to that so far? Do you really? Know? I do know. I yeah. know a bit. I mean, I only know as much as I know. Um, I've quite, I don't know, I've indulged in going back there mm. quite a bit, um, which feels really strange because, I mean, I'm sure not many artists put work in a gallery and then go and <laughs> watch it. <laughs> like, I don't see Douglas, Douglas Gordon in there, like, <laughs> sitting with his work. But um, because of, I suppose, the engagement with making it it was a completely different experience when I was making it it was um vertical and I was on the the underneath side of the carpet mm. shooting this carpet gun you know rapidly and it wasn't um until it was installed that I got to experience the work in its entirety and mm. um I guess I kind of met it at that point so I've only known it as long as anyone else who has known it in wow the gallery yeah um as a whole piece and yeah the reception's been really great i mean i think loads of my friends are always in the dpeg anyway so i'm sure that's kind of nice like ah, uh, you know i know her <laughs> <laughs> or like to find flaws within it and be and get that kind of feedback um but yeah i mean a lot of the gallery um staff have told me whenever I've gone in that, oh, you know, today we had a man who was sleeping on your carpet for 45 minutes. Ask, yeah, and, yeah. you know, his wife just walked around until he woke up. And <laughs> one time I was in there and all of a sudden um, there was just like this rumble coming from like outside of the space, like moving through Aroha's space. Mm. And all of a sudden like 50 kids like on a class oh, trip, gorgeous. they were like six or seven, they came in and they were like, oh my God. And they were jumping from... Like, so the carpet itself, it's a grid, kind of like a jumbled grid, but there's this repeating lime green, like speckled lime green motif mm. that moves throughout the space. And they were jumping from lime green motif to lime green motif. Like, that was their way of moving through the space, oh, treating gorgeous. it kind of like a, oh. you know, like yeah. a, I don't know, lava game or yeah. something. And that was so cool to see. And then the teachers that were with them were doing that too. So there was lots of things, um, lots of different engagements that... I would have never anticipated. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then there's been other things like people walking up to it and kind of stopping and not knowing. Yeah, of course. If they can walk on the Quite artwork, unfamiliar you know? in the art gallery. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, all sorts of things. And you mentioned the gun that you had to yes. use to make the carpet. The gun. <laughs> We're doing the finger gun. The guns. <laughs> can you walk us through the actual process Machinery. of making that yeah. carpet? Yeah. Um, so... 
I mean, and so yeah, Lauren Gutzel, who curated the show, she asked me to be a part of it in November last year. And then from that point, I was like, yep, I'm gonna make a carpet. It's gonna fill the space. I don't care how big it is. So I started tying it by hand. And after oh. two straight days of like knotting it by hand, I produced like, you know, 15 centimeters by like 30 centimeters oh worth God. of carpet. And I was like, oh, this is impossible. Um, but was like obviously really determined. So then I found this this gun. It's called the hand tufting machine gun by mm. Hoffman. It's a German product. By Hoffman. By Hoffman. <laughs> uh, it's like this family who have devoted the last like 45 years of their lives to like carpet machinery. Imagine. Imagine. My, my dream. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I got this machine sent over, and essentially it's like an air-compressed nail gun, mm. but it shoots wool through it, and it has this little rotating blade that is set to cut the wool at, like, an inch. And so it's, it's part, you know, like, electric, and then part connected to an air compressor, so it's shooting the wool at such a speed, and the blade's whipping around, and somehow... Like, I still don't even really know how it works. Somehow it shoots like a C shape. So the wool is like wow. kind of punctured through this backing material. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> like that all day for three months. Well, does it have recoil like a gun or like a high compression staple gun? Because that would like get I back mean, at you. Yeah, like... physically I was like in so much pain. Yeah, how did that affect you physically? It was awful. <laughs> it was like, but it was interesting because, I mean, when you're forcing your body to repeat an action day and night, mm. it was really interesting to see the way that it responded to that. So initially, the pain, like it's it's like a three or four kg thing. So it's like, it's really deceptive. Like you know, I was holding it and I was like, oh, this will be fine. And normally. It's got like an attachment that that takes most of the weight, but I couldn't afford the ta the mm. attachment, so I was like, oh, I'll just make do. And um, yeah, so the the kind of the pained areas moved around my body. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was hard. Mm. Um, I had lots of shubs, and a shub is not a bath. It's like a shower tub. It's like short, <laughs> like you can kind of lie in it, but your knees are up. <laughs> So I had lots of those. <laughs> oh my god! And it was <laughs> sad. So yeah. sad. Imagining the you secret life of an yeah. artist, <laughs> making the carpet all day and then going home and just, just like, crying <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> that was what it was like. Could you tell us a bit more about the soundtrack that goes yeah. along with the carpet? Absolutely. As well? So the um, the audio piece, it's like a um, yeah, an audio complement to the space and. It was designed, like I wrote it um, while I was responding to the space and, and I was thinking about um, filling filling a space physically but I wanted to do that in kind of a non-tangible way mm. as well. And I'd been um, looking at public transitory spaces and listening to those spaces as well and thinking about elevator music and I got this amazing book which is titled Elevator Music and... <laughs> It talks about like the psychology and the phenomenology and all of these different um, social histories and social expectations that exist around the elevator and the role of the elevator music. So I was thinking about these these things, um, like the elevator music is designed to be listened to but not really heard mm. um, in the same way that like 
a carpet at an airport is designed to be seen but not really actively looked at. They're void fillers, they mm. fill spaces. Um, and you'd notice their absence, but you don't really notice their presence, if that makes sense. Yeah, that um, makes sense. So, yeah, I wanted to m- kind of make a a public transitory space. Yeah. And it needed music. And the music itself is, yeah, made from aspects of, like, the architecture of the space. So mm. it's a 94 square metre space. It's 94 beats per minute. It's, oh, that's cool. You know, like, the the motif that I mentioned before it's a um, representation of the floor plan of the space oh. and the um, like every panel of carpet that I would make in one I would put two motifs and in one the next I'd put one and that kind of in a roundabout way taught me to count in five four counting because oh, it was like yeah and and sorry that was the the space i mean the music is in five four because there's five corners right and so it kind of taught me to do the one two and one one <laughs> two one two and one one two. Oh, that's so cool yeah so yeah. there's all these different little things that exist within that musical track which would essentially just rules that i set myself for it to make sense conceptually mm. um I only used <clears throat> five, like five notes on a MIDI pad and changed, yeah, the, the pitch of them or the whatever. So, mm. um, yeah, it became like a bit of a game to try and find the right sound through these, like, restrictions yeah. of the space and of what I was, yeah, given, I guess. It was interesting the, that three of the four artists ended up having that auditory element to yeah. their works in that exhibit as well because you kind of move through it and then first there's Charlotte Parallel's piece mm-hmm. and then yours and then Aroha Novak's at the end which you can you can kind of hear her waterfall as you yeah. move through all the exhibits but there's all these different elements and it's it's interesting that you all picked up on that independently mm. when you were creating your works. And the three of us as well all dealt with the floor. Mm, that's like, true yeah so that was something that that was yeah one of the things that we all noticed about each other and I mean we all went through Dunedin Art School yeah. and we all went through the sculpture department so I guess we're all engaged and interested in space and mm. how people move through that um, and how you can kind of challenge that I guess yeah so, do you think that Dunedin art spaces in Dunedin um, are catering effectively to young female artists like yourself I mean, I'll say yes because it's just <laughs> after what's happened um, for for the four of us. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But I mean, it's tricky because I guess like Dunedin itself and its arts community, it wants to be supportive of what's going on locally, but it also wants to engage um, nationally and yeah. and hopefully internationally as well. And it's kind of just like a rat race I guess like you're wanting to work as hard as you can to be recognized if that's if that's the road you're going down yeah. and I mean that's the beauty of, of a creative community is everyone's kind of got your back and you've got everyone else's and everyone cares for each other so when opportunities arise like this one did um it it's possibly easier to to get over that that barrier and mm. and 
talk to somebody directly because you know you bump into each other in the street and yeah, it's all, all really yeah. social and really local but I mean Dunedin also doesn't have like an a copious amount of art spaces mm-hmm. there's you know a handful of really great galleries um, but you know we're lacking an artist run space mm-hmm. we are. <laughs> <laughs> you would have heard us talk about in the interview that plays before this yeah. so <laughs> yeah. yeah but I mean it's hard to put your foot forward and and think oh yeah I could do that and yeah I could commit to that it's yeah maybe maybe someone will soon I don't yeah, know hopefully hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> fingers crossed yeah is there any like small piece of advice that you could give um, the young artists that are coming out of the art school at the moment because obviously you came straight out and then all of a yeah. sudden you've been given this amazing opportunity. I'm not saying that everyone can be given I know. those opportunities, <laughs> but... I know. Grace, um, writer from the Blue Oyster, she was telling me like she had this um, workshop where she was talking mm. to a whole lot of students at the art school. Mm. And she was like, asking them, you know, like, where do you want to exhibit your work? So I was like, the Dunedin Public Art Gallery. And she was like, I know what happened for Megan, but like... <laughs> That is so weird and so rare. Yeah, yeah. And it's true. I mean, it doesn't happen. It still doesn't even really feel that real um, advice. I mean, what worked for me, I guess, um, from the moment I started art school was I went along to a Blue Oyster opening mm. and I met the kind of diverse creative community that we have here. Yeah. Um, but I'm also extroverted and mm. that suits me. That's going hard to for be some social, people, you going know, to those events, yeah, it is, um, it really is, and it's oh, it's a really tricky question because, I mean, even art schools themselves, arts and art institutions, like, they they work for some people and they really don't for others, and mm. at the end of the day, it is a weird compromise that you're making. It's yeah. like a creative degree, but you know, and you're encouraged to be as free with your decision making and your processes but you're still conforming to assessment criteria so there's still certain limitations um and it managed to work for me I managed to get lots out of it Mm. um and yeah I guess finding this local arts community was yeah the best thing that I could have yeah that that could have happened because I mean you meet lots of people that you can discuss ideas with and run things past and who can actually help you with physical things Completely, yeah. you know they're a resource and you're a resource for other people too so mm. that's kind of my advice if you're extroverted go to the <laughs> go to the openings um yeah I mean I started going to the openings last year as well when mm. I first moved down here and I'm incredibly introverted and was like much more so back yeah. then and I found it really tough but every single time I dreaded going to the openings and then I would go and I would meet at least one person mm. like it just had to be one person yeah. and every time I came away and I was I was like shaking before I went in every yeah. single time because I didn't know anyone in Dunedin mm. I moved from Auckland um, so I didn't know anyone in the community at all but you can still go in there if you're really nervous mm-hmm. and at least one person will come up to talk to you, even yeah. if it's Grace, who is the director, or whoever's in there. Um, and just once you start picking off people one by one, mm. then you'll see them in the street and you'll chat to them mm. in the street and then it will just turn into they will your develop own... like that. Yeah, 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 your own little community. But that's a good piece of advice. I would say that's mm. a really good good place to start. Hopefully. So, hopefully, yeah. yeah. Good luck <laughs> out there. 
What are you going to be working on next after this D-Bank show's over? Well, I've been like, since it opened, I've just been like, going to bed early and like, <laughs> reading like, a book and cooking lots and just indulging in like, normal life activities, yeah. which has been great. Because um, it was a long time that you were making that carpet, mm. wasn't it? How many months? Close to three. Wow. Close to three. But I mean, in the scale of things, like... It's like, so someone told me, so it's 94 square metres, someone told me that, like, the average New Zealand house is 100 square metres. Oh my god. They were like, you carpeted a house. <laughs> you know, minus the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, like, it's, it's, it doesn't seem real. And my boss the other day was like, if someone said to you, like, you're gonna carpet a house, like, would you do it? Like, would you, if, if, if it was approached, yeah. or, you know, presented to you in a different way, I mean, not that it was presented to me, like, I was, <laughs> I don't know, I was the one that, that thought, oh, this will be a great project. Yeah. <laughs> I put it totally on myself. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> Am I working on anything? <laughs> so distracted. That's all right. Um, I am starting to work on and this is just like for my own enjoyment mm. I, my friend just moved house and with that he got a rid of a whole lot of um, his furniture and so I bought off him this amazing like hard wood Remu couch oh my it's God. beautiful couch frame yeah. that's like really kind of knocked around and so I'm gonna like strip it back and give it a nice Ooh. refurbish and then <laughs> carpet some the cushions like make the cushions and carpet oh. <laughs> I'm like, God, I've got this gun now. Like, I've got to do something with it. You did come into my house and looked at one of the cushions yeah. on the couch. I know, I'm in cushion mode. <laughs> Completely. Um, and you mentioned your boss before. Could you just talk a little bit about where you work? Because that's really interesting. Yes, absolutely. Um, I work at a... Well, it's like essentially three places, but it's all under the same umbrella. Connections um, Centre is a... It's a day centre for people with high support needs with intellectual and physical disability and that's based up in Corstaphine and so we run this like amazing day program um, which is made up of a whole lot of different activities and events and we get out and about in the community as much as possible um, and we run an op shop up in Corstaphine as well which is great because I always have something new to wear <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious um, and we also run a creative space down in South Dunedin on Cargill's Corner mm. And that's called Studio 2 uh, with the Margaret Freeman Gallery um, in its front space. And that's a yeah creative space for marginalised artists, so artists with intellectual disability, to come and just make the work they want to make. Um, and I facilitate that to that's the so best cool. of my ability yeah. and just hang out and, yeah. That's it's, so, oh, it's, it's so wonderful. Awesome. It's a really it. cool... Can anyone visit the front space? Yeah, oh, and the studio. Oh, We're great. open um, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from 9 till 1, and, or 9 till 12, and then 1 till 4. Mm. And, um, yeah, we've just got, like, essentially classes. Well, they're not even really classes. Every mm. artist just comes and makes the way they want to make yeah. um, weekly. But, yeah, the space is always open and always, you know, we're encouraging people to come along and engage in the space. And today um is the south dunedin street festival which is going from 10 till 3 and oh, studio yes, two's yes. open for that whole um duration and we've just finished this like amazing project where we 
made 1,000 cranes out of all oh, of the artists' wow. artworks. And so we're teaching people to make paper cranes and there's like an awesome video that shows the artists, you know, that gives context to where those works came from. So mm. you see everyone making them and yeah, it's just all of the works on display. But if you can't make that, just pop in, have a cup cool. of tea yeah. if you're interested. Yeah, go yeah. on down. Or oh. volunteer. We're always looking for volunteers. Oh, great. Yeah. Who can they contact if they'd like to volunteer? Um, we've got a Facebook page, mm. Studio 2 and cool. Margaret Freeman Gallery on Facebook. Yeah, I don't know pop, pop a message. Yeah, or <laughs> pop in. We're, it's very casual and oh, very cool. cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my place and having Thank a week you for having me. A cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. Delicious. we got to go off and do some blue oyster duties now, yeah. don't we? <laughs> jobs, jobs, jobs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much and good luck for thank you very your post-carpet post post life. Carpet life. <laughs> where will I be? It's like, where are they now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll catch up with you in a year or so yeah. and we'll see. We'll see what you're up to. Hopefully in a bath and not a shove. <laughs> Upgrade it. The lovely Meg and Brady, quite an abrupt end to that interview there, but we really did have somewhere to be and we had to rush out of the house after that interview was over. Um, just a wee note, the uh, South Dunedin Street Festival today has been cancelled because of the weather. I know we just mentioned it then in the interview, uh, but that's no longer going on because there's a bit of rain out there and it's also quite windy. Uh, so it's probably for the best that they've cancelled that. I don't think that's been postponed. I think it's just been outright cancelled, which is a really big shame um, but you can still visit Studio 2 or the Margaret Freeman Gallery at any time of course Megan said what the opening hours were in that interview you can also head along to their Facebook page if you'd like to learn a wee bit more if you'd like to volunteer or you have someone that would like to get involved